Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Divided Films, the podcast that looks at movies that audiences and critics do not agree on, and we take a side. With me, as always, is my co-host, Keith. Hello! And joining us again today, returning to the podcast, is our great guest, Bridget. Welcome back. Hello, hello. Glad to be back. Really glad to have you back again on the podcast and excited to talk with you today about our next Divided film, which is appropriate for the Halloween season, the 1996 um, horror movie or spooky movie. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, The Craft directed by Andrew Fleming. This movie falls into the category of having a negative score with critics and a mixed to positive score with audiences. On Rotten Tomatoes, 57% of critics approved and 65% of audiences approved. So like an 8% difference there, but still on different sides of the fence. And the critics consensus, the craft's campy magic often overrides the feminist message at the film's core. But its appealing cast and postmodern perspective still cast a sporadic spell. Uh, So there is the take there on the craft. I think the key word in that consensus, for me at least, is campy. (laughs) This movie uh, definitely is going for a vibe, and I'm all about it personally. Uh, But let's see what your stakes on it is, guys. Um, If you have any experience with this movie or if it's your first time seeing it... um, Let's start with Bridget. What what was your take on this movie? And let me know if you've you know if you're a first timer to this. Sure. So uh, I had not seen this movie as a teenager. I saw it uh, very very recently, and like I'm actually really surprised to hear reception was so mixed. I thought it was great. In fact, watching it made like took me right back into being a high school girl. And I think the movie is very smartly able to do that i was i was really impressed the aesthetics are great the acting is pretty good uh it's just a fun time i loved it yeah i think it's really fun too i think this movie knows what it's doing like it's definitely going for i don't know it it can be seen as maybe like a time capsule movie but at the same time like it's still relatable with the high school feel to it right like it's definitely 90s but at the same time um you know it can be a little bit relatable to you know 2000s early 2010s high school you know not too long after um what about you keith what what was your take this is my first time i i knew about i knew the general idea about the craft i knew like it's worthy of being a cult film i do granted that uh it's it's not bad it's not bad it's not I don't even, it's good. It's kind of good, but it's not bad. I think the word for me in the review, in the consensus is sporadic. I, oh, okay. I, to go off on your points, I think, uh, A, I think the cast is great. I think Fruza Bulk gave it a hundred percent and had, and like, they earned their MTV movie award for best fight. I think they did. Uh, <laughs> And it's funny you mentioned MTV because a lot of it does feel like a music video at times, especially like the opening credits and some of the other sequences, like if something's in slow-mo and with the soundtrack and everything, it did feel very like pop culture, alternative rock kind of uh, vibe going on. And again, I'm all about that. That was a total plus 
like the the rock pop rock punk music at the beginning i was like i am for this i hope the movie has yeah. just non-stop punk musical numbers i would have been shocked if this movie didn't have movie like i feel like all all scary teen movies in the mid to late 90s had a good alternative punky pop soundtrack yeah, well, you know, they want them kids to come in to see the movie, and right? And this, and they came out. This was like, I, I feel like this was like a fun time Friday night, and I think this is a good movie for like, it's a cult movie because of Gen Xers. Like, this is tailor made for them. Yeah, you know, it was a modest success, right? I mean, it, it had a relatively small budget, which you can definitely tell. Yeah. You know, it was a modest budget. There's a certain charm um, to that though, I think. And not to, no pun, I, totally, I mean it's hard not to find the pun in that and I knew I was going to go into it going like pun like Yeah, no, I get you man. Like I do agree it is charming pun intended for me and it's a perfectly there is crafted something... teen movie if you ask me. <laughs> there it, you go. It puts a spell on you. <laughs> oh man, we can go all day about this. It's true. And the other thing about the fact that it's lower budget, there's something unassuming about it, and it does feel like a bit authentic, at least for the time. So I, I do appreciate there's a bit of, um, like, I don't know, sincerity to it. I don't know. It's it's weird. Again, like, the, the, the fact that it is charming and the fact that it is low budget, I, I do really dig it. And I think with the sporadic element, though, with that word in the consensus, it, it can be definitely inconsistent at times. And there's definitely some hokey moments to it. But I feel like that just comes with the territory. You're going to get some eyebrows raised throughout the movie and this kind of thing. I'd be disappointed if there wasn't. There's times where I'm kind of making fun of the movie. But at the same time, if like that's kind of intended, like you're meant to laugh at times. It's not meant to be like a super scary movie about witches. It's kind of more meant to be a lighter, slightly edgy ride. I, I will say as a, first of all, I do think they spent most of their budget on the like cockroach and snake effects at the end. Now that Ooh, was like the most yeah. terrifying scene. Those animal trainers made off that day. Oh my gosh, well, yeah. They put, like, like, mag they put maggots in a toilet. I'm like, okay, in the movie, that's just a hallucination. But from a production standpoint, they really had to put them in there and, you know, uh i tip my hat to the the crew for for doing that and and getting their hands dirty because i mean it, it was cool and it was effective but ugh. Oh, and the actresses had to have like snakes around their feet and like i think rats drop on the main girl at one point it's like oh this really is yeah. a horror movie yeah yeah that in the end when it really picks up it's just like wild animals running loose throughout the whole house there and uh I thought I thought that was effective. You know, it gives you the chills again. It kind of in a fun way, not in like a way that makes me super disturbed. But it's kind of like a fun thrill. Like oof, like you can cringe a little bit, but also laugh at yourself at the same time. Definitely. Um, and you know, in terms of the cast, you, the 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 standout actress, obviously, if I don't like totally butcher her name again, um, Feruza Bulk. Mm -hmm. Uh. uh I mean, I feel like she was, like, born to be in this movie. This is, like, the yes. perfect part for her. She totally oh God, nails yeah. it. And sure, it's over the top, but it has to be. She honestly should have gotten an Oscar nomination. I hate to say it, but that she brought this, like, crazy intensity. Like, I was so scared. The scene where she starts floating after that jock guy and, like, psychic pushes him out the window. 
and but she also brings like this vulnerability to it where if she didn't yes. then i wouldn't have cared about this character at all i totally agree there's something about her where like i feel like there was everyone had that girl at school that kind of girl that always kind of had this chip on her soul under under shoulder and kind of was always mean to everyone but you can kind of tell it came from a place of pain and she's totally channeling that sort of person so i totally agree even though she is like definitely very bitchy throughout the movie and maniacal there is something sympathetic about her that does make you invested in her character so uh and that's totally uh, i give credit to the actress on that mm-hmm and she has this charisma where at the beginning, I kind of want the main girl yeah. to join this girl crew. You know, like they seem like super cool. They like what they like. They're the cool outsiders. They dress really cool. And like they have this charismatic leader. Uh, and of course, that's like what I liked about the writing of the movie. It is such a like teen, the dangers of being a teen girl and falling into the wrong crowd just because they look cool, just because they act like they don't care. Uh, doesn't mean that they're the group you should end up with. It's like this movie is total cheese. It's total camp. But so, some of the stuff in here is so relatable that the writers had to have cared to put that in there. Yeah, I think they're definitely drawing from relatable experiences and just heightening it to obviously a level of like witches. Oh, yeah. Plus, like which teen girl didn't secretly want to be in a witch coven? seems kind of cool right i mean i mean first of all it 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 starts off that they're just like girlfriends i mean there's a few scenes of them just like having sleepovers and eating ice cream and stuff you know it's very light in the beginning and then very quickly you know all of a sudden they're sacrificing animals on a beach it does like get pretty crazy pretty quickly but again i I, i'm amused by that the minute you get involved in sit with satan things go downhill or was it satan who knows i uh what they can more moral I think Manon. They said it with like a weird accent or something. I'm not sure, but I get a sense that it's some sort of vague pagan Wiccan sort of mythology that they're going off of. Um, and again, I feel like any sort of girl that wants to be rebellious maybe have thought of like, I'm going to be a Wiccan or something. Oh. <laughs> it's like, it's a very vague sort of thing to identify with. If you know, you're just going off of the cliche surface level lifestyle. Have either of you met a Wiccan? Hmm? Oh, well. Are we going to, I don't know. I remember meeting my first Wiccan during a summer program and I had no idea what I like. Like, well, I was yeah, like, oh, I'm a, a Gemini. I'm, I'm a Gemini. Like, it's. Uh, I feel like for a lot of teen girls, it's a phase where they're going to be like, oh, I'm going to believe in this very misunderstood uh, belief system because it'll piss off my Christian parents, I guess. I think that was the thing. I mean, I actually had friends in high school who did become Wiccan, and they did the. Whole, they were super into astrology. They wore, wore a lot of black. Uh, they bought crystals. I mean, it's it's. I don't know. A lot of it seems a little hippie-ish. Uh, mm. But you know, they I, I'm sure had a grimoire or whatever. I mean, they like to talk about nature spirits, like. It, it's it's an interesting yeah. feminist, I guess, sort of fun. It's uh, you know, it's like a rest, like a splash of goth meets hippie meets like hocus pocus. Yeah, it's an interesting combo because hippies are all about you know nature and but they also really like bright colors, you know, tie dye, and then goth is like all about black. So it's it's not a very intuitive combination. 
I mean, the lady in the witch shop, like the older witch who's warning the younger witches against their ways, she definitely came off as a hippie. I mean, this lady is like of the woods or something. And I got such a kick out of her witch shop because it was so generic and cliche, just candles everywhere and dark lighting and stuff. I mean, I'm not complaining again. If, if I'm the, the designer of this set, that's how I'm going to make it. It's just, it's so hokey. It's something out of, um, I don't know, like a, again, like a generic haunted house or something. It is better that you should rush upon this blade than enter this circle with fear in your heart. How do you enter? With perfect love and perfect trust. That's a girl. As above, so below. Why do they hold have like the books that you shouldn't read out in display? I always right. wondered it, about that. She doesn't in, want like, anyone bookstores. to buy them. Why is she like? She's like that's too advanced for you. Well, it's only nineteen ninety nine, so like I gotta make <laughs> yeah. overhead here. Like it's so yeah, powerful, maybe... teenage witches can find it. <laughs> right, and like make mistakes and go crazy at the end. I mean, maybe she should put the more advanced books behind a glass with a lock like you might see at a Walgreens or something and someone has to come along and unlock it for you and like okay like I think you're advanced enough for this if it's good enough <laughs> for a Walgreens <laughs> I did like that older witch lady though because she does give them pretty good advice and she does make sense of the whole mythology about how oh there's no dark magic or light magic it's just magic and it's like nature it's good and bad it's loving and cruel but then the witches are so snotty they're like we don't know what you're talking about, lady. I'm like, it seems pretty straightforward to me. That's like kind As of typical. Teen girls do. I was like going to say typical teen girl behavior. <laughs> right. It's like we're going to do what we want. We're going to cast spells and get revenge because we're so cool. I actually did like how that older witch lady was such a hippie because it was such a contrast to these hyper goth teen girls and kind of shows early on that maybe they aren't getting it. Like they aren't there for the right reasons exactly they're kind of like power mad right they're power hungry but they're definitely um it's like for example the 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 first invocation scene on the beach which i mentioned before you know that's like a wild scene there's like storms she gets struck by lightning the um the nancy character and you know she's like you know it drives her crazy like there's a definitely noticeable shift in her character after that scene and it drives her mad with the power whereas Towards the end of the movie, when the Sarah character does the invocation, it's more that you can tell how she's more tapped into the true nature of what she's doing and, you know, the the god or whatever it is that she's taking her powers from. There's, you know, the different maturity levels there. So I thought that was actually um, something I thought was smart about the movie you know, how the two characters are so well defined and how they invoke their powers in two different ways and how it works out for one and not the other. Definitely. Um, along the same lines, I just like clothing wise, the um, Veruca Bulk character has such harsh, like all black, black lipstick, like uh, spiky collar. And from the beginning, the other, the, the main witch has this like very vaguely cottage core kind of thing going on. Um, it's cottage core. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Just kind of like showing that she is like more in tap in touch with nature and she she is the true the chosen one. Also in that um invocation scene on the beach, that was a really cool visual having all those whales wash up and then um 
Faruka Balk flips out. That is such a great moment. That's so funny because she's like, oh, these are his gifts for me. Can you imagine one of those beachgoers just seeing this crazy goth girl like going head over heels for a bunch of dead sharks? (laughs) There will never be a scene like that again in a movie. Definitely not. I would have been like, I've seen crazier. I I, I was surprised. I think one thing that made me laugh kind of at the movie was how nonchalant they were about like a homeless guy walking like hey get out of here (laughs) get out of here did they ever even reference that that? like after that happened (laughs) oh yeah because first of all that guy shows up 30 seconds into the movie he like just opens the door to this girl's house in the suburbs just a homeless guy holding a snake and what is he even saying he's like here you want this snake it's like what who are you and where did you come from and then he shows up 10 minutes later in downtown la holding a snake again like where is he getting these snakes in the middle of la and then he gets this when you see him get run over by a car it is like brutal they show his head oh yeah under the wheel i was like dang i did not expect that level of of violence coming from this movie i thought that was i don't want to say like out of character in a negative way but it was definitely surprising given the tone that most of the other scenes have it is so shocking but there are a couple like really wild scenes in this movie. So that is a good, like very shocking, like, oh, this isn't just going to be your average teen intense drama. There's going to, some heads are going to roll. For sure. Literally. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Cause um, the other, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, that, that may be actually be a smart move on the movie's part to maybe lull you in and think, okay, like new girl at school, here are your typical beats that you normally see in these, teenage dramas and then like bang like this guy gets just his head run over by like a truck and then you know okay like we're we're in for maybe something else than we had thought we were mm-hmm. serpent of old ruler of deep guardian of the bitter sea show us your glory show us your power We pray of thee, we pray of thee, we invoke thee. This movie fully commits to the bit, which I do give it, which puts it into like, I realize that we're the deciding factor on this movie. Like it's, you know, it's on the line and it's up to us. But I, I was also surprised and we kind of mentioned it before. I was pleasantly surprised at the messages in this movie and, you know, be careful what you wish for, uh, you know, good power, great power comes great responsibility, but also like no friends is better than toxic friends. I, I think I you like mentioned that. that before. I was like, oh yeah. Uh, I like that she and- doesn't forgive the two witches at the end when they come to apologize. It's like, of course I'm not going to forgive you. You tried to murder me. <laughs> like, get out of here. I like that a lot because I think... Our in... bad. Right, Our right. bad. <laughs> I, there's I too can't many you movies. get away with so much with our bad. Uh... There's too many movies where characters forgive each other so easily. And I'm, I'm glad. And that's part of the development of this main character, Sarah, that she is so nice and kind of goes along with the crowd. And now at the end, when she really taps into her full potential she is going to say no to these toxic friends and she's going to stand on her own. And so, you know, in another sense, like they, I don't know, actually the more I think about it, the more 
um, impressed I am with how much they put into the arc of these characters. Yeah. And uh, I mean, just seeing the, I know I keep talking about the Faruka Bulk character, but at the beginning, she, I, you think she's so cool. She's actually kind of nice. I mean, she has that tough facade. And then you just see these moments of her just breaking throughout the entire movie. And then, of course, she ends up in an insane asylum at the end. Um, I, I will say right. stuff I wasn't as impressed with. I did think the friend, the two friends, um, their characters weren't as fleshed out in a way where I didn't get why they sided with uh, Faruka Balk so easily. And then, like, why they turned so bad so quickly just because the power went to their heads. I mean, I guess it was supposed to be like, well, they are not meant to have this power, unlike this main protagonist. But then they weren't even sorry, really, at the end of the movie. So I think they weren't fleshed right. out quite as well. Yeah, that's true. I, I kind of got a better sense from the Nev Campbell character uh, who had the scars because once she removes her scars and she's now, like, wildly more attractive. I mean, she carries herself more attractively, I guess, or more confidently, I should say. Uh, you, I can see, like, the... That kind of made sense that now she's becoming now more arrogant. Now you know, she goes from a very self-conscious character, and now again she's kind of letting the power go to her head, and she's seeing the effect she has on guys. So I could see that a little bit more how she, how the power is going to her head, and how she maybe wants to like hold on. We'll go with the Faruka Bulk character Nancy. I I definitely was not as convinced with the Rochelle character because she was showing guilt for what she had done to her bully with the hair falling out thing. And so, yeah, I was like, hmm, she seemed to be more level-headed. Why is she now going along with this murderous plot I think that I Nancy's can, going? I think I can. I, if I remember correctly, and I, you know, as this movie's lawyer, uh, I <laughs> there was a part when they're in the house, and I, a, for, I am kind of okay with the amount of development that they did get for this kind of movie. I thought it was as good enough as we're going to get. But there was a moment at the, in the climax when they're running through the house and they come across a mirror and the scars and the balding come back like tenfold. And I think it's like, Oh, we kind of have to double down on this or else we'll, we will, you know, this will be our life. Maybe I could be totally wrong. I could have even dreamt that, but. I think it was, um, the protagonist, she showed them visions of what's going to happen if they continue to attack her. So that was actually yeah. like inspiring them to not <laughs> be evil. Okay. Yeah, I, I kind of get a same interpretation as you, Bridget, where that was her showing the two of them. That's the Sarah, the main character, showing those two um, more supporting characters, like the road that the road they're on is going to lead them to this. Again, like, you know, you, what you put out is going to come back to you threefold. It's, you know, what comes around goes around sort of thing. But it's more so, like, the kind of energy you put out, you know, that's going to surround you. So if you're going to use magic in an evil way, in a dark way, you're just surrounding yourself with bad energy. And that will affect you as well. So I, I kind of, um, you know, I, I, I buy that and... Uh, you know, maybe again, it takes a little more credit on the on an audience member to draw that conclusion. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if we're giving that a little too much credit. I thought you were talking but... about the two friends of Skeet Ulrich, who had no, no oh. I, who did, like, I don't know. I mean, hey, I'm happy Breck and Meyer finds work. I guess 
from like the mid to late nineties, there were th- those types of movies. Like I think Scream came out. Scream also came out this year, which is uh, ninety six yeah, with Nev Campbell and Skeet Ulrich. Uh, and right, yeah, both of them. Yeah, I kept sure. going. Like I feel like I know what they're trying to make this add to the movie, but like they're the two goofy best friends. They're yeah, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of this movie. <laughs> well, Brendan Meyer is essentially the same exact character he played in Clueless the yeah. year prior. He's got the same It's haircut. all the same universe. It's, just, it's all the same. It's just so funny to me. It's just, okay, like every 90s teen movie has to have the skateboarder dude who just makes jokes out of everything, and that's that. Isn't he so, in the boy uh, band that dies in the... Or, um, uh, oh, Josie and the Pussycats. And Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah. yeah, he's in the beginning of that. Yeah, that was early 2000s. Um, and he was in, I don't want to make this a Breck and Meyer conversation. He's a minor character in that. That's movie. our other podcast, <laughs> Breaking Bread with Breck and Meyer. <laughs> Say that five times fast. Can I be a guest on that one too? <laughs> oh, absolutely. We'll go, because he's only in so many movies, we have to do an episode on each scene. And our Garfield it? episode comes out this Monday. <laughs> Brilliant. Rat Race will be the week after that. All right. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, they so- didn't need to be in the movie. I get, I kind of um, get why, but I don't think they added. So I, they, they went there with Skeet Ulrich. I was not I expecting like, that. I feel like the two, the two like dumb boy, like the two dumb guys. They basically serve as like what the whole student body is perceiving these witches as. So like they make fun of them in the beginning. They go along with the cruel jokes, and then they're impressed with like. The Bonnie character after she becomes more attractive, da da da. You know what I mean? Like they're basically just like the sample poll. They they ran around the cast. They help. I mean, there are just three awful jock characters slash like a jock with the skater friends. They do. You know, you gotta have folks round up the cast. It can't be a a school of just one bad jock. There's got to be three. I will say, I did find all those characters just awful. I was kind of happy well, when the jock got pushed out the window. <laughs> oh, yeah, right? I mean, they definitely were building that up from the beginning when he tells that awful rumor about the main character that... Right, and then I was like, oh, why is she still into him? But then, yeah, when he was he was so mean to her. And then it's like one of those things where, oh, this guy's a jerk in the beginning. This is, I guess, like a scary horror movie, like whatever the genre is. It's like not totally horror, but whatever it is. He's going to have his comeuppance later on. It's probably going to be a nasty death, and it was. I didn't think, I mean, I thought at least, like, like I'm not that saying, like, a pie in the face, haha. Like, but I, I wasn't expecting death. It, but it does go there with the idea of, like, the love spell. I was kind of shocked mm-hmm. that, like, oh, shit, like. I like how they do the love spell, because he basically turns into a mindless drone. He's just, he's just like, he becomes um, a sycophant, basically, just trying to say whatever he can to please this girl whose spell he's under. And that, I think, shows how a love spell is kind of not as fulfilling as earning love, like, in a genuine way, <laughs> you know, where, like, it's someone who actually likes you or understands you. If you just cast a spell on someone and they're just like a mindless zombie following you around, like, what fun is that? Yeah, and she definitely learned that pretty quickly. I will say, even though he is kind of a mindless drone, I find it interesting. It seems like he did maintain some of his cruel personality. I mean, when he like yes. attacks her during yeah. the date, if he were just a mindless drone, he would have just like followed her around and it's like and said like I'll win your love or 
I'll do it. Like if she says no, he's, he'd be like, well, I'll do whatever you want, baby. So I mean, maybe the writers just put that in there because they wanted it to be edgy, but I like to think they did it to like say something about the way the magic worked in the world. Mm-hmm. Both. Yeah. I mean, I guess you don't totally erase his whole personality. Maybe it strips him down to his more primal sort of uh, characteristics, you know, like he's, yeah, he's going to resort to violence to get what he wants, that sort of thing. Um, I was a little nervous, though, because in that scene when he, you know, they're in the car and then he attacks her and she has to run away. I was a little nervous that one could interpret that scene as, oh, he is going to force himself on her and it's her fault. I did not want that to be a possible reading oh, of that scene because yeah. yeah, she does cast a spell on him. And that is why he's resorting to such lengths. But you know, oh, that's a really, that's a good point. I don't want, you know, that's the thing. I, I was a little nervous about that, but you know, going off what you're saying, Bridget, like it's still that character is still the man who is the aggressor because even though he's under a spell, he at his core is a, is a selfish, violent person who would resort to that. So, you know, spell or no spell, it's, it's a reflection on him as a person and not the person who cast the spell on him. So again, that's like the one part I thought we're a little in dicey territory here over how you can incorporate how you can interpret that scene. Well, I will. I think since the movie, I like that is that's a great point. I hope that because the movie punishes him with death, that is a like he is. This is all on him because if he just got a pie in the face and lived, then maybe that wouldn't have been the message. Right. Exactly. Like, you know, it's again the kind of like um an interesting line that they're walking because his death you know it is like a murder like she she you know the uh nancy character the evil witch it is wrong that she kills him right but at the same time he's a character that does deserve some sort of comeuppance um which in that scene is so interesting to me because it is scary because they build up that scene pretty well uh the way that the Fraser Bull character, you know, her feet start to to float on the floor as she drags towards him, and basically, what what they do, she's like moving her head around. Basically, in this scene, and then also in the end when she's attacking the main character Sarah, there's just a lot of close up shots of the Fraser Bull character, just like close ups of her face as she's like wailing at the camera, right? And it's really effective because she has like. You know, the way they make her in her face and her eyes, it, it is, like, really scary. She's really good for this. I'm surprised she wasn't more of a scream queen because she has such a good face for horror. She is it's so expressive, and her eyes are so piercing. Oh, she's so perfect in this movie, and especially that scene. Like, the, the torment that she has within her, in that she puts into this character. Oh, so good. That was The, the one thing, though, I thought was... Um, and then plot wise, here's an eyebrow raise. You know, it's it's a really effective scene the way they build it up. Um, and you know, the guy goes flying out the window. I thought that all worked really well. But then it ends so abruptly, like he falls out the window. The main character Sarah screams in horror, and then it just cuts to her the next morning, like crying over the situation. It's like, wait a minute, like. First of all, they're clearly in the room that he was clearly thrown out of the window of. So yeah, they, there's a little bit of a, of uh, exposition like, oh, we talked to the police about it. Well, like, hello, he was thrown out a window and these two girls were in the room. <laughs> like, I would think that they would be taking in a little longer for questioning about it. Obviously, they'd be the main suspects, like magic or none. 
They just start getting into their magic life. These people aren't affected by homeless people walking into their houses. They're not going to be affected by a sudden death. <laughs> I guess so. They established that early on. Really? Look in your eyes tells me you might not be so sure. After all, you have every reason in the world to do it. I mean, you killed, you killed Chris, and you killed your mom. You killed your mom, and you're coming out of her. Now that is really special. Even I couldn't go that low. Bravo! Stop it, please. What's the deal? Why doesn't she use magic on us? Because she's weak. Um, so yeah, that was like one eyebrow raise, and then, you know some of the other um, the ways they use magic. Yeah, you know, some of it is effective. And other kind of ways are a little sillier. Like the way that uh, I think Nev Campbell recognizes that Sarah is a witch is her spitting a pencil on her desk, which is like not the most impressive thing in the world. I would, it's, I would think it's just someone doing a trick, but she's immediately like, oh, she must be a witch because she's like spinning a pencil on her desk. I, I like that, though, because it was so subtle and it was a good way to demonstrate mm -hmm. at school how you're a witch. And plus it kind of showed that the Nev Campbell character is kind of tuned in and she's oh. she's on the lookout for certain things. And so to see that, okay. and it's also something no one else would have noticed except these like witchy girls. So I thought that was a I, kind of clever choice. That's a fair point. I think I would have liked it if like they showed a quick little moment of maybe like the pencil levitating by just like a tiny inch or something like that. Um, but you're right. She's looking out for, she, she even says she's looking for the fourth person. She can feel their fourth person. They're going to meet them soon. Cause if it was me, I'd be like, Oh, that's a cool little parlor trick there. <laughs> Spinning a pencil on its top. She, she just takes a quarter out of your ear. Like, oh, oh, it's a fourth. <laughs> oh my God. Um, no, I, I, like I, I don't even know why I feel like I'm, in my head, I probably should be giving this movie a higher score. I am going to pass it. I don't know what I'm going to give it exactly. Because it does follow the the beats, or at least where the story takes us very well. Like I think it's fun, the sleepover that they have. I'm enjoying that. And I can see why girls who really enjoy this movie enjoy Like, you know, the, the look at my hair, it's blonde. You're not a good blonde, all right. Uh, and I, like, you know, the fun of... You know, having fun with Satan in the beginning, and then hmm. you know, the more you, you know, it's Manon. You know, the more you... Yeah, I, you know what? He goes by many names. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, who else could it be? I, uh, I feel like that's they tried to not piss off uh, '90s Christians that much, but I don't think they were gung ho about this movie to begin with. Well, they say uh, they say it's not Satan. I mean, the analogy that they give is that. Oh, if God and the devil have been fighting or were playing football, oh, yes. then Manon is the stadium. So, like, he is the actual universe. Um, why has it got to be he? Why can't it be she if this is like, you know, uh, <laughs> these girls coming together and everything? Why does it have to be he's a guy? He's cousin, then. Like, he's not, like, you know, he's, he's a monkey's paw. He's... It's this idea, like, you know, okay, I'll remove your skin. I will get back at Christine Taylor. I will, uh, uh, I, I, have, I love the character development. Or I uh, completely understand why Feruza Balk was, you know, her horrid life. 
Like it, every decision that she made made sense, right? Uh, to me, and uh, yeah, no, I mean, even though those characters were maybe up, like it, it's terrible, but they, you know, caricatures. Like I get it. I'm not really like well, yeah. angry about it. Well, because like for example, um, um you know, Faruza Bulk character, she you know, she goes up in a trailer with like I guess yeah. a stepdad and and her mom, and her mom is such a cartoonish white trash character i mean from the hairdo to the outfits and everything she's only in a few scenes but i was like man this lady could not be a more over-the-top character if they tried it was that that was kind of crazy um yeah just like i there's a couple other examples of just these one-dimensional characters who are there just to be sort of obstacles or you know they're more like set pieces than actual supporting characters it comes to mind is that awful racist cheer blonde cheerleader yeah christine who's, taylor yeah who's just like i don't like you because i'm racist and it's, uh, <laughs> it's she's so upfront about it and that's why i thought that was so interesting when um you know the rochelle character <laughs> finds her in the shower crying because all her hair's fallen out and everything and she's just like what did I do to deserve this? And I'm like, hello, you're very upfront about how racist you are. At least be like, I don't know how this is happening, but I guess this is what I get for being a racist. You called her a quote unquote Negroid, which I like, like I can't even imagine the writers going like, well, like that's such a, that was such a weird like. That was a weird line, and that also comes back weird to weird line, weird ra- like. It's just I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying go more racist. But it was just like, uh, well, I mean, that's not even like, like of all the things to call a person. It's so it's such an unnatural line to say if you're gonna have, you know, a bully with racist motivations for how her cruelty. I don't know. I don't get me wrong. Subtlety is not what this movie is going for, and I'm not saying that it should be more subtle than any regard. But at least come up with something out of a a, a natural line to say because that was so bizarre i don't know how christine taylor delivered that line with a straight face because it was just strange to me it was like it was written in another language and translated literally it just it was just it seems like it was written by a white person being like i bet this is what racism is like right like and the idea of like a racist person being so upfront about their racism also in los angeles in like the la area like oh right this is acceptable right and especially in the liberal capital of the world right people are okay with this which i mean other people overheard that and didn't say anything i don't know that i don't know if she had to be racist she just had to be like a mean bully that that's enough at least for me as a viewer that would justify a witch wanting to get revenge. It was also interesting yeah. that the uh, Rochelle character, her her damage that inspires her to like worship Manon and be with the loser kids is this one blonde bully. It seems it, it, it's right. I mean, she had some like mean friends, but it wasn't the same as the jocks. There's like a bunch of them, and they're all awful. But with Rochelle, there was this one mean person. And her entire wish was for this chick to, I don't know, get come up. Right. That's, that's, I'm going back to, I think she's the least developed character. Cause even in the beginning, when uh, Sarah is talking to the guy, Chris, and they're looking over at the clique of the three girls, it's like, oh, um, you know, Nancy, you know, she's like, a, she's a whore. 
and he says, oh, like, um, Bonnie, she's got, like, scars. And they don't even say anything about Rochelle. It's like, well, what? Oh, yeah. why is she an outcast? And you're right. She, her motivation is, like, not really fleshed out except the fact that I guess she's just friends with the other the other ones. Um, so that's that's kind of a shame because I, I like that. I thought the actress was doing a pretty good job, um, but I didn't really see why she was doing what she was doing or, you know, why she, you know, like what we're saying, basically. Um, I wish they gave her a little more attention. Uh, if I had to guess, I do not think that this, that the part was written for a black woman. And when they casted this actress, they were, they, I bet it was a bully situation. And they're like, and, cause the movie does feel like those scenes, like, all right, we're uncomfortable filming these scenes just as much as you are uncomfortable watching them. We're going to try to get past this. I do think that like it, that was the that's what they thought was character development, the, right? The, her, which the is, racial which, aspect, of right? It, which if is, I had to guess, is, and it's it's such a um, mismanaged like handling of that subject matter that you're right. It does seem like almost like an afterthought, basically, because that could be very compelling to have this character experience racism at her school and uh have that be a struggle for her and yeah if that is the true reason why she's an outcast then yeah like i totally buy why she would go with these other outcasts and feel pain and anger and that would draw her into this uh you know this witch cult basically this this craft you know this coven uh, even the way she's just styled i mean the other two outcasts uh they kind of like they give Nev Campbell greasy hair and they ever hunch over and uh, Bruce of bulk. She has a really intense like hair and makeup and really intense clothing. And then uh, Rochelle, she just, she looks normal and she acts really normal. <laughs> it's just kind of like, why are, yeah. what are you doing here? Yeah. I was like, what? cause I mean, to me, she was very stylish. I was watching this movie. I'm like, Oh, I kind of like her outfits that she's wearing in this. Like, I don't know. she you're right. She seemed like very well adjusted. And so that kind of goes against the idea of, oh, outcasts who resort to witchcraft. So uh, that's, that's again, it's a shame because I, I thought the actress did a pretty good job given her maybe like lacking up material. But, you know, it's like, what, uh, an hour and a half movie? It's a pretty tight movie. So I think that, um, yeah, maybe if they gave themselves a little more breathing room, they could have had something that was more fleshed out for her. I'm happy with what we got. I, I, and I, I mean, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm happy it wasn't like this movie does not need to be two hours. No, I, not maybe not two hours, but you're right. Because the other thing too is, given the style and tone of this movie and what it is doing, I don't know if it could get away with it. What it is doing for two hours, I think I, the fact that they keep it tight is smart. Um, but at the same time, you do have to sacrifice some development along the way, and this, you know, this is what happened. I know they made a sequel like a couple years ago. I heard it sucks. I don't think a movie like this warrants a sequel. I, no I don't think this way. movie was. I don't think this movie or every cult movie is in due for a sequel. But my question with all of that, and I was wondering this the other day, is aside from Clueless, and I don't want guilty pleasures, are there any. Like, I would put this in like the better. Part, are there any good like teen? Aren't any good teen movies from this era? Because I didn't like, uh, I didn't care for uh, uh, the 
what's the one with Ryan Phillippe? I'm forgetting. The oh, Cruel Intentions? Cruel Intentions. I didn't care for that. I do have guilty right. pleasures. She's all that. I will defend that movie. I know the audiences and critics will disagree with me. And even uh, Can't Hardly Wait. But are there, aside from Clueless? You know, from the mid to late 90s, I would say that maybe that was um, a time where we get a lot of those objectively bad uh, teen movies that is maybe why we get not another teen movie in 2001 because we had gotten so many of these subpar teen yes. movies a in a row. That, right? Because, like, it's like, oh my teen gosh. movie is one of the best 90s slash early 2000s teen movies. <laughs> Right, and he was drawing on all those '90s ones. Because like, now that I think about it, of course we get not another teen movie because we had to suffer, or audiences at least we were too young, but audiences at the time had to suffer through like four or five years of just bad teen movies. Because I don't even remember, like, is uh, Ten Things I Hate About You any good? Okay, I don't really... no, that 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 works. Okay, I could I did not think about that. That one's I was good? actually okay. just gonna ask, is that? Is that early 2000s or 90s? Because that is like an excellent, excellent teen movie. 99. That's 99. 99. Okay. That one's good. Okay. Okay. Well, there you go then. That one's a good one. Um, so, you know, one of the few then you could say. I don't know if it counts, but uh, Daria had like two TV movies that were great. Daria is amazing. And I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, that was definitely of this era. So Daria was like from 97 to 2002 was the finale movie. And, uh, yeah, if maybe if we just talk about the teen genre in general, movies and TV, that's, like, top tier, basically. Love, love Daria. But, Daria, yeah, Buffy the have, Vampire Slayer. Oh, like, B- well, Buffy, yeah. We're You're not going TV, into maybe. TV, but, like, there were even, like, some horror movies, like The Faculty, Disturbing Behavior, with, like, a young Katie Holmes and James Marsden, and those are guilty pleasure. They're not, Faculty. like, they're, they're, they're not that good. Uh, Faculty is pretty dumb, and it's very derivative of much better horror movies. But, I mean, it's, like, very watchable because of how silly and dumb it is. It's like a B-movie, basically. So, yeah, that's a guilty pleasure. But The Craft, Um, I think, is actually what it's trying to do, and it's not flawless. I actually think it's in that... Oh, it's very flawed. It's a guilty pleasure while also being, like, a watchable movie. I I think the movie, at the end of the day, is on the better side of you know the the fence. I think it is like it does end up being I think a good movie. It's just you know there's some inconsistencies and maybe not like you know the tightest plot of all. But in general, I think what they were set out to do. I think the director definitely had a vision for this movie that came through. This movie definitely has like a personality to it. Yes. Which is saying something, because how many movies do we watch, especially teen movies, that just come off as forgettable and generic? This is definitely memorable for good reasons. Um, And, you know, I was thinking it, too, as a witch movie. You know, there's all different kinds of witch movies in terms of genre and tone, right? And the way I would say, I like to set up as a scale from funny witches to super scary witches. And on the really funny side, you have Hocus Pocus, right? That's like the far end silly non-threatening just like a lighthearted good time and then that's like let's say that's a one and then a 10 would be like robert eggers the, the witch, witch right <laughs> like the or the the, the the witch you know whatever which is like super serious very scary disturbing movie uh so that's like your extremes 
So I would say on a scale of one to 10, I would rate the craft as like a four, right? There's like some edginess okay. to it and some scary elements, but for the most part, it's like, again, fairly a lighthearted, easy watch. It's not going to give you nightmares or anything, but there's definitely some memorable moments that, uh, you know, might give you some, some chills. Without this movie, there would be no charmed, uh, that's a good point. And Eric and I were talking about that actually watching this. And there are some connections because Charm comes out just, I think, one or two years after this movie. And it also takes place in California, in San Francisco, wow, where the main character right there. of <laughs> this movie says she's from. Um, I didn't know that. Uh... Some of the music, I think, also, there, there's a song in the soundtrack of this movie that I think is the intro to Charmed, actually. And. They also have like a similar look and feel to it. At least I've only seen the first season of Charmed, and it's also very fun. Um, I would say even like pretty well written for what it's doing. So yeah, I think there definitely is a connection. I think maybe there is something to that. If this movie had a, a, at least some sort of, it did have success, not huge success, but it's a sleeper it, hit. It was a notable. It was a sleeper hit and made notable success. So yeah, maybe that inspired. Hey, like some executives, like like we should do a TV show. Mm. Who knows. I feel like you watch Hocus Pocus in grade school and then you watch uh, The Craft in high school. This movie is basically or middle Mean school. Girls. This movie is basically Mean Girls meets Chronicle. I was like, okay, Mean Girls meets Chronicle or, um, I don't know, The Lost Boys meets yes. Heathers. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Put them, in a, put them in a boiling pot. Put them all in a boiling pot. That's really great. Because uh, you definitely, in terms of both tone and concepts and everything, I definitely see, you know, again, uh, maybe like in a witch's brew, <laughs> if we're going with the theme, you throw these different sort of elements of other movies and you get something like this. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I really dig that. Casting this in the 80s, Christian Schlater would be uh, Skeet Ulrich's part. Renona Ryder, I think, would probably be for uh, the main character. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. A, a, I love that thought experiment, you know, movies cast in different decades, that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, I think this movie, uh, I don't think, like, everyone's seen it, but I think, you know, like you said, it's a cult classic. I would recommend people watch it. I think it's a very good Halloween movie. It's good right? for the season, yeah. I think so. You know what's actually kind of strange, though? So for me to watch this, I had to, um, it was, like, on demand on cable via the Freeform channel. Which is like kind of interesting because that channel usually will air like Hocus Pocus or Edward Scissorhands or something. Again, more family friendly Halloween movies, Adam's Family. So for me, I'm like, the craft is not really that family friendly. I would say it's like more, again, on an edgier side. So, for example, watching this via a freeform on demand, I, it was quite censored right they were like bleeping out a lot of the not bleeping but you know like um muting a lot of the curse words in this so i was just kind of confused like is this turning is this gonna be marketed now as a family-friendly halloween movie because i don't think it should be i think that might remove some of the edginess that it does have well i think it's rated r like when it came out yeah for sure I don't work at Freeform. I don't know. Isn't like Freeform's like brand like family friendly in the day and, you know, a little bit edgy teen at night. Adult, not adult swim, the, but like adult. Yeah, uh, and then Harry maybe. Potter marathons every other weekend. Uh, right. I just, 
I don't want, you know, again, this, this is not like the edgiest movie, but again, it's not like super family friendly. And I, I don't, I, I'd just be curious what the feature of this movie is, if it's going to be, you know, marketed uh, in a way that was not originally intended. So, well, I joined a cult you know, because we'll of this see. movie. It led me down a, uh, a right path, I mean, what, a right it, path. Maybe by, maybe by the next episode, I'll find the error of my right ways. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, mean, I got hey, in with if, the wrong crap. If uh, I know that crowd included me, if it revives, if, if it if it renews interest in this movie and it finds a new, more modern audience, then you know what? Hey, who am I to complain? Because I do think that people, for the most part, would enjoy this. Um, clearly, more audiences did because this sort of thing is. I don't know. I feel like critics will get hung up on certain things that audiences won't, which is why we see a, lo- a lower critical score. But the critics who do give it a positive score, I think, you know. They, they see like the nuance behind it and you know we'll we'll say like you know the good outweighs the bad um, you know even if it's by a little bit no more games okay Sarah I'm so sorry good I'm gonna go one thing I bind you, Nancy, from doing harm. Harm against other people and harm against yourself. Wait. I bind you, Nancy, from doing harm. Harm against other people and harm against yourself. Wait. I bind you, Nancy, from doing harm. Harm against other people and harm against yourself. I bind you, Nancy. So I think we can get now into our final scores here on the craft. Um, so let's start with Bridget. You know, take us home here. What, what's your final thought and what would your percentage score be? You know, I, I think this movie, you're asking like uh, where this movie might end up uh, in terms of level of belovedness by the public. I think it will most likely always be a great cult classic for young, young Gen X, millennials, and Zoomers who are into like quote unquote older movies. Um, I wished that I had seen this as a teenager because I would have loved it. <laughs> it is super flawed, but I'm going to give it... Um, 75%. Woo! Um, I, I, I will be not too far off from your score, uh, but let's uh, first go to Keith, though. Um, what, what's, your, what's your final take? The good outweighs the, the flaws. Um, and I think they're... Uh, I think we kind of went in depth with that. Um, you know, the acting, how it leans into the world. I, for me personally... As a, I, I think this movie speaks more to girls than guys, and it's not something I would like hop on right away. And I know I think I'm going to give it a, a 62. Like it's it's passable. It is like campy, but it's it's a fun cult camp movie that is better than most teen movies. That's fair. It's like above, above the average there, wherever that average is. Uh, yeah, you know, I I'm I'm gonna land on a seventy percent, because for one, I feel like I have a soft spot for this movie. Like we said before, there is something you know, pun intended, charming about it that wins me over. And I don't know. I think almost that it could be underrated at times. Because uh, I don't know. It's it's. To, I don't know where this is coming from. It's hard for me to even articulate. I just really like this movie and will vouch for it. 
and recommend it to people. Bring back Feruza Bulk. I hope she gets a second wind. I miss her. Right? I think she's really great. She, I love how dedicated she is in this movie, and that alone is a reason to see it and admire it. Um, I mean, just a movie that in the opening credits, you know, you're in for, I respect, right? Just the, yes. this, the first second you turn in, it's like, okay, I know what I'm getting and it delivers that. So there I am at a 70%. And so Keith, um, what's our final score? A very lovable 69. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I, not, yeah, not, yeah, I mean, that's how it comes out. I love that. You know, I, not the first time I think we landed on a 69 for some reason. I don't know why that keeps happening, but... Again, who who am I to uh, fight against fate if that's the number that we land on? So uh, I hereby decree that on the craft, we officially side with the audience. So uh, make sure, everyone, you add that to your Halloween movie roster. You'll be glad you did. It definitely fits in perfectly. Bridget, thank you again. Thank, thank you. you again for joining us for this uh you know it's always great having you on happy to be here i wouldn't have seen this movie without uh this podcast so <laughs> thank you so much i loved it i i really had a feeling that you'd like it so um you know i i'm glad that uh, i was able to get you to watch this and discuss it with you um so yep yeah, guys uh thank you for for listening um we have more scary movies uh lined up for the month of october so look out for those but until then guys thanks a lot Thank you.